Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from the Mac and Cheese Buffet with Matt Juden. It's the Fourth and Inches show with Jana <laughs> and the Sherpa. Jana, happy Thanksgiving Eve. Happy Thanksgiving Eve is right. I actually just had some mac and cheese, so I'm like fully embracing this. <laughs> I am ready. Well, Matt Juden won't want to have anything to do with you, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. He probably you know, not that's a okay. regular listener to the Fourth and Inches show. You know, we can't be sure of that. We really can't be. (laughs) Well, he's persona non grata now for the fourth and inches show. So word is out. Word is out. You're exactly right. Yeah, we don't want you in the fourth and inches audience. Not welcome here. Not welcome. No. (laughs) Nope. I bet Mike Gusecki likes mac and cheese. Bet he does. Yeah. Or anybody on the Atlanta (laughs) Falcons. Oh. But that still wouldn't make Falcons. you pick them. No, no, I don't think there's anything. I, I don't think I can come back from it. They gotta, something's got to change. I'm not sure what that something is, but something definitely has to change. <laughs> yeah, better luck next life. Yeah, sorry, Falcons. Sorry, Falcons fans. Times are tough. But we do have a lot of good news. I mean, we we have some bad news in the injury report, but we have a lot of good news as far as game predictions and, and our picks and all of that good stuff we've got coming for you. If it's your first time, not sure what took you so long to get here, we're in our 12th season. There's 200-plus episodes, so if you're really jonesing for the sound of our voice while you're making your Thanksgiving commute tomorrow, we got you covered. We'll be here for a full hour. 2011 was an especially good season. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you were uh, hankering to hear uh, Santonio Holmes' uh, name uh, mispronounced a few times. San Antonio Holmes. Sure. <laughs> The original getting, of our show. You know, <laughs> if you're getting uh, nostalgic for some Kevin Cole updates or something. Yes, yes. I mean, these are these are the watched, things people uh, want to hear. I just watched uh, Silver Linings Playbook with um, um, Margaret, my wife, the other night again, and uh, it's funny. Deshaun Jackson is still in the league. Right. <laughs> like of of all the people, it's like Deshaun Jackson still hanging on. Still playing about two primetime games a season and making $8 million for it. I'll never understand it, but I think we all work much harder than we need to. We should all be on the Deshaun Jackson plan. Just unbelievable. But more power to him. He's figured out a good system. Um, he probably is not a recommendation. Yeah, that's true. Probably not a recommendation on like most of our cheese. list tonight. He <laughs> might. We'll have to find out. We'll be at the bottom of this. Um, Somebody tweet him and ask. So we do, we do also have tonight, it is our Thanksgiving tradition. We'll be giving you some players that we're thankful for and some players who were turkeys this year. Um, I think, I think they're, they're usually pretty good lists. So stick around. We certainly always want to hear who your turkeys are and who you're thankful of, for on your team. Uh, or in general this season, you can find us all over social media to tell us all about it. We're on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. We're on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And you can also find our personal Twitter accounts out there as well at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. We'll be here with you for a full hour, giving you everything you need to guide both your season long and daily fantasy teams to victory. And uh, of course, we have everything from the injury report, slash COVID report, slash running backs who's on release report, 
to how to fill your fill these slots on the waiver wire, who to start, who to sit, our game predictions. Let's see if I'm going to try to pick the WTFs for another upset this week. Who knows? Um, Sherpa will probably air. Really nice yeah. You were ten and five. Kudos to it, you. I mean, it was it was a wild ride. Picking the Jaguars did not go great though. That one that one was a bit of a mess. <laughs> it's okay, but Blue other than that, we're, yeah, we're doing okay. But um, so before we we get to the good stuff, uh, we should probably just get these injuries out of the way. Um, unfortunately, COVID's still running wild here. Most notably, the Jets are dealing with it. Uh, Mike White is, or I'm sorry, Joe Flacco is positive for COVID. Mike White is a close contact out there. They're both on the COVID list. They both will not be able to play this week. So Zach Wilson of the recently sprained MCL in his knee is going to be back under center as a starter. And Josh Johnson has been promoted from the practice squad to be QB2 this week. Um, I'm pretty sure one of their special teams or wide receivers is the emergency third quarterback. He threw about 10 passes in college, which makes him super qualified. However, that is still better than some of the guys that, you know, the Lions are running out there. But um, also, a bunch of other teams are dealing with this. You may have heard the Cowboys wide receiver Amari Cooper tested positive for COVID on Friday. He's also unvaccinated. So he is going to also miss this week's game since it's on Thursday. Jerry Jones went on the radio and said Amari Cooper is asymptomatic. Not really sure, A, if he should be sharing that, B, if it's even true. But Amari Cooper hopefully is back in 10 days. The Falcons put their punter, Dustin Colquitt, on the COVID list as well on Monday. The Bills put one of their offensive tackles on the COVID list. The Broncos put another guy on the COVID list. Titans backup quarterback, Logan Woodside, tested positive yesterday. He's on the COVID list. And the Steelers put wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod on the COVID list, but they are expecting to get safety Minka Fitzpatrick back. Uh, He tested positive last week and didn't play. They expect him to get cleared before this weekend's game. So. Just keep in mind that there are still unvaccinated players running around and all of these breakthrough cases are still happening. So if you have important players on one of these teams, just keep an eye out. Just hopefully they're not testing positive for COVID on Saturday. Um, also in transaction news, the Texans released running back Philip Lindsay this week. The Dolphins have since claimed him off of waivers today. And the Titans released running back Adrian Peterson. And that experiment is unfortunately over. Uh, seems like a weird time to do it. They got a lot of running back injuries, but they didn't ask me, so here we are. Uh, injury-wise, we'll start with the Falcons. Wide receiver Cordero Patterson did not play last week. He uh, had an ankle injury, and that certainly affected how their offense worked, which wasn't all that great to begin with, but didn't look very good without him. He was back at practice today. He was limited, but at least that's a step in the right direction. Uh, a surprise scratch last week was Ravens wide receiver Marquise, a.k.a. Hollywood Brown. Uh, he did not play with that thigh injury. It seemed like he was coming off the bye week. He was going to play through it. Uh, and then all of a sudden on Sunday, it was something he wasn't going to play through. He was practicing today. It was limited. Keep an eye on that. Also, out in Baltimore, wide receiver Miles Boykin has been limited with a finger injury. They're both listed as questionable going into the weekend, and they're probably both going to be game-time decisions. In Chicago, uh, Andy Dalton is the nightmare that continues to haunt us. Justin Fields was knocked out of the game with a rib injury, went to the hospital. They've already ruled him out for Thursday's game with a short week. 
Uh, so Andy Dalton's going to be under center. The Ginger Ninja returns to starting as the Bears quarterback. Uh, he's going to be without running back Damian Williams, who's already been ruled out as well with a calf injury. Wide receiver Allen Robinson, II, did not play last week. Uh, he's dealing with a uh, hamstring injury. They're calling him doubtful for this week. I would be shocked if he's actually on the field tomorrow. And wide receiver Marquise Goodwin is listed as questionable. He's dealing with a shoulder injury, but they are expecting him to play. So it seems like they're getting a little healthier at wide receiver, but also Allen Robinson's not be out there, which is a problem. But in Cincinnati, wide receiver Auden Tate is not practicing. He's dealing with a thigh injury. Again, this will be a game-time decision. Slightly better news, though, Alan Cleveland. Running back Kareem Hunt is expecting to play this week. He's been on IR for the last couple of weeks with a calf injury. You may remember that COVID went through the locker room. He still wasn't healthy enough to come back, but Nick Chubb did come back last week. They weren't sure he did play. So now they're going to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt going into this week, which should help Baker Mayfield, who's still dealing with what they're listing as shoulder, knee, and foot injuries all on the left side of his body. Not practicing today. He's going to play this week. Um, not practicing on a Wednesday when you have an entire half a body injured. Really not something to get alarmed about. So I think we'll see him under center. Um, something a little more concerned about is wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Last week was the first week he didn't have an injury designation going into the weekend. And then he subsequently was knocked out of the game early with a knee injury, which is acting up again. He's not practicing. I would certainly have a plan B there. Even if he gets on the field, it may not be the best start. He's got a bad knee. He might not stick around the whole game. Also, wide receiver Anthony Peoples-Jones is not practicing as well. He's been dealing with that green injury the last couple of weeks. So, again, wide receivers could be a little tough out in Cleveland this week. The Cowboys are also dealing with problems at wide receiver, besides Amari Cooper fully having COVID. <laughs> but wide receiver C.D. Lamb is still in the concussion protocol. They're calling him questionable for tomorrow, but he's still not practicing and still technically in the concussion protocol. So he's probably not playing on Thursday, guys. Definitely don't be putting him in your lineups. Um, but Ezekiel Elliott is planning to play through his knee injury, which is a sprain or a bruise, depending who you ask. But really, it's just a bruise he's had for two weeks. Um, he's going to play through it, though. He's going to be a trooper. He wants us all to know that. Good for him. In Denver, uh, linebacker Bradley Chubb is likely coming off IR this week. He's been out with an ankle injury. Uh, this is something the defense definitely needs in Denver. So if you're deciding maybe you need to stream somebody, the Broncos might be a little more appealing now. As we mentioned, the Lions, like the Lions, they're not having any wins, but uh, their quarterback situation was very murky at best. When you're starting Tim Boyle, who is still on IR when you named him the starter last week, it didn't look like it was going to be a recipe for success. The poor man threw more interceptions than he did completion. It, it, uh, touchdowns in college didn't get much better for him. But it looks like Jared Goff may be playing tomorrow, a.k.a. Thursday for those listening later. Uh, he did not play last week. He's been limited to practice. It's going to depend on his, quote, functionality, and that's going to be a game-time decision. Again, probably starting Jared Goff is not what you want to be doing anyway, but just in case you are, keep that in mind. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers does not have COVID toe. He has a fractured toe, and he wants everyone to know that, so he's now showing his toe off at press conferences, and I could really do without it. They're saying surgery is an option going into a bye week. It's, he's going to be fine. He has a toe injury. He's going to keep playing through it. He wasn't, you know, Jalen Hurts running for 100 yards in a game. So I think we're all okay still starting him. 
Um, wide receiver-wise, things are a little murkier. Alan Lazard and Devontae Adams were both limited at practice today with shoulder and ankle injuries, respectively. Likely both of them are playing, but keep an eye on it. Running back Aaron Jones was at practice and limited, which is a great sign because they weren't sure how long he'd be out. They were thinking at least one to two weeks. He's questionable going into the weekend with that knee injury, and that'll likely also be a game-time decision. But if they can get him on the field and your fantasy team can have him back in the lineup, that would be great. In Indianapolis, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton was limited with his own toe injury at practice today. He's trying to play through it. Again, we'll have to wait and see on that. In Jacksonville, running back James Robinson is still dealing with what they're calling heel and knee injuries. He was limited at practice. He played last week. I expect him to this week as well. Also in Jacksonville, wide receiver Tavon Austin is now practicing with a shoulder injury. Down in Miami, wide receiver Will Fuller, the Zephyrus, is still still on IR for, I think we're on week six now with a broken finger. They say he's making progress, but we're not ready to activate him. Wide receiver Devontae Parker also making progress. He's not returning to practice yet. He's also not eligible to come off IR yet. He's dealing with his own shoulder injury, but maybe next week. It looks like he's at least going in the right direction. In New England, still dealing with a lot of injuries, particularly at tight end. Both Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith were limited today with uh, neck and shoulder injuries. Keep an eye on those. It looks like maybe Hunter Henry is the worst off out of the two, but we'll see how it goes as the week goes on. Also, keep an eye on running back Damian Harris, who's dealing with his own neck injury. Um, remember, he had a concussion a couple of weeks ago, so that's maybe not a good trend there. He was limited to practice. All three are listed as questionable. We'll have to wait and see what happens. In New Orleans, running back Mark uh, Alvin Kamara has been ruled out for the third straight week with a knee injury. Saints running back Mark Ingram II is also dealing with his own knee injury, so he's listed as questionable. Looks like he's going to play. Kamara's definitely not playing, so they need Mark Ingram to get on the field. And tight end Adam Troutman was lost for the year uh, after suffering a knee injury in the game last week. He's officially on IR now. Everybody take a deep breath. We're going to list every Giants offensive player on the list today. Um, wide receiver John Ross is questionable. Tight end Kyle Rudolph is not practicing. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Running back Saquon Barkley finally came back, but he's still limited with his ankle injury. Wide receiver Sherling Shepard is dealing with a quad injury. He's not practicing. Kadarius Tony also has a quad injury, also not practicing. Apparently, it's almost as contagious as a calf injury, so keep an eye on those. Not really sure who's going to play running back this week, uh, or I'm sorry, wide receiver Andrew this week, Thomas. but somebody is going to. <laughs> they allege someone will line up as a wide receiver. We just have no idea who. Um, Andrew Thomas how, will do that too. There you go. On the other side of New York, uh, running back Michael Carter is going to be out for, quote, a couple of weeks with what they're calling a low-grade ankle sprain. It's bad, but not that bad. So he's out this week, maybe another week or two. Um, which was kind of a bummer. He was a nice bright spot there, but we'll have to wait a, a little while for him. The Philadelphia Eagles finally remembered they had a run game the last couple of weeks and shockingly have been winning football games. However, running back Jordan Howard is not practicing now with a knee injury. So Jalen Hurts seems to think he is their running back and he might have to be as well this week. In Pittsburgh, tight end Eric Ebron is doubtful for this weekend with a knee injury. You really want to be starting Pat Fryermuth anyway, but just in case you're in a real deep league. Also worth noting that linebacker T.J. Watt was limited to practice. He's back at practice, so that's good, and they're officially calling it a hip injury now. So we've we've lost the knee and lower leg portion of the injury report. So 
I guess that's a good sign in San Francisco. Running back Elijah Mitchell, we thought was going to play last week after having finger surgery on Tuesday. The 49ers decided to maybe pull back on that. He did not play, but he was at practice today. He was limited. It looks like he's on track to play this week, so that's a good sign. Out in Seattle, things not going so great for their backfield. Uh, Running back Rashad Penny is questionable. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. It looks like they think he's going to play as of now. Um, They're calling it uh, an injury, not a bad one, but a notable one. So it's anyone's guess how bad his hamstring is strained. Um, but I think he's going to play, which is good because running back Chris Carson is not coming off IR. He's staying on IR. He's done for the season and is going to have disc fusion surgery uh, probably within the next week or two. So that's a bummer for him and anyone still stashing him uh, on their IR spot on their lineup. Out in Tampa Bay, wide receiver Chris Godwin has been limited today at practice with a foot injury. He's going to play. Wide receiver Mike Evans didn't practice today. They said his back tightened up on him. Doesn't sound serious. Looks like he's going to play this weekend, barring some kind of setback. Wide receiver Antonio Brown still not practicing with that ankle injury. He's likely going to be a game-time decision. And, again, I would really have a plan B. It doesn't look great. Um in Tennessee, as I mentioned, they released Adrian Peterson and then subsequently put all of their other running backs on the injury report. <laughs> Deontay Foreman is, uh, was limited practice today with a tricep injury. Jeremy McNichols has a concussion. He's not practicing, still in the concussion protocol. Also, wide receiver A.J. Brown suffered a chest injury uh, last week. He's not practicing. He also injured his hand in the first quarter, but came back to the game and then injured his chest. So it seems the hand is not on the injury report now. So that seems to be a non-factor. The chest injury, being able to breathe really is is a bigger issue. So keep an eye on him. Uh, And in Washington, tight end Logan Thomas has officially been designated to return from the IR. Been on for most of the season with a hamstring injury. So it looks like he's going to be back this week. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel, however, uh, does not look good. They're still calling him questionable. He's dealing with that groin injury that's kept him off the field the majority of the season as well. So a few injuries, a little bit of COVID, a couple of transactions and new teams. We've had a little bit of everything this week. And also don't forget when you're thinking about waiver wire pickups that we've still got two teams on a bye this week, uh, Arizona and Kansas City. So there are a lot of offensive positions we're going to need to fill and hopefully the Sherpa has brought us some answers. <laughs> what have you been doing in our long time apart? <laughs> yes, you. Um, I had some mac and cheese. I made my turkey, and then I did my show prep. You know, that was really good. You made the most of your time. Did Blue check in with us at all? Um, no, he's off with my stepson uh, getting reacquainted. Oh, Blue the kitten's on a bye this week, huh? Blue, a.k.a. Blue the yeah. cat, formerly known as the kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Formerly known as the kitten, yeah. yeah. Sometime we'll have to get him and uh, Mia together as your cat. Yeah, they're they're Which very opinionated. Maybe for they, Miami they have a lot to say about our picks. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I will say I maybe lost a small amount of money on the Jacksonville game, but I did make it back on the the WTF game. So we're we're doing okay over here. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, yeah. waiver wire. Wise this week, uh, pretty slim pickings at running back, although that's often the case. But um, True. best of the lot is probably Ty Johnson with the Jets. Uh, Boston yeah, Scott with no the Michael Eagles. Carter. 
no Michael Carter, um, no uh, Jordan Howard for the Eagles, uh, Dontrell Hilliard, no more Adrian Peterson, although he really wasn't much of a factor there. And uh, also if they are playing from behind in New England, uh, Hilliard um, figures to be a factor in the passing game there. Uh, Latavius Murray is, I guess, the number two running back in Baltimore. And if they have a cake, you can actually hear the shrug in your voice when you said that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Matt Breida with Buffalo, uh, Sony Michelle with the Rams and uh, Kadri Allison with the Falcons. But, you know, all those are at best uh, dart throws. So hopefully you don't have to do any of those. Um, pick up anybody this week for your running back slot. And if you do, uh, good luck. Yeah, good luck is right, unfortunately. It's it's that time of year where it, there's a lot of injuries. We've got some a lot of players that you'd actually want to be starting on a bye this week. and you know, everyone's fighting for a playoff spot, so waiver wires are tougher than ever. It's not great out there. Wide receiver's a little more promising. I've got uh, um, mm-hmm. Cedric Wilson at the top of my list, which is hopefully good news for your Cowboys. Tim Patrick, so who seems to be a weekly entrant on this list. For some reason, his ownership percentage never seems to rise too much, which is okay for those of us that have him on certain yeah. teams. Uh, Jamison Crowder, Marquez Valdez Scampling, I'm not as high on him as some others, but hard to uh, overlook what he did against Minnesota, especially the connection late in the game to tie it up. Traquan Smith um, and uh, Marquise Goodwin, who have both emerged for New Orleans and Chicago, respectively. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, and uh, um, Russell Gage uh, also on my list. But again, as you get to the bottom of that list, uh, it's uh, scraping the bottom. And if you're looking, if you have room and you're comfortably uh, set for your matchup this week and uh, have room to stash somebody, Van Jefferson is on a bye this week. And you know, well, good time to, to go get him. Be a, um, excuse me, he's not on a bye this week. I don't know why I just said that, but uh, he is a good pickup this week, uh, even though he's not playing at Green Day. Yeah. He was on a bye last week. That's probably why I was getting confused. We're still living in the past. We're working on it. <laughs> well, I've been doing that for uh, most of my life. But uh, anyway, I still think Roger Staubach's quarterbacking the Cowboys. I believe me, I wish he was. <laughs> We'd all be happier, I think. Yeah. Unlike you, I'm old enough to remember when he actually was their quarterback. But anyway, this is true. I had a little sticker book when I was a kid that they gave out at the gas station. You could collect stickers for all the players and all the teams. And the Cowboys, I always thought it was unfair. They had two quarterbacks. They had Roger Staubach and Craig Morton. But most, I'm guessing most of our audience uh, probably skews a little bit too young to remember even one of those guys. I would have been pretty, pretty fired up about a, a sticker book of NFL players. That would have been awesome. Unfortunately, nobody gave me one of those. And I'm, you know, now I feel like I really missed out. I threw mine out when I cleaned house a few years ago. So. <sighs> Well, there's always a magic of eBay. If anyone out there has a lead on a, an NFL sticker book, you just let us know because we're interested. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> Sunoco, and I think it was the 1972 season. If anyone out there has one, uh, please send it care of the fourth and inches show. <laughs> send it to Blue. <laughs> right. You know, he'll know he what to do with it. He will not use it wisely. <laughs> no. He'll be upset because there's no Jacksonville in the book. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, sorry, Blue. Turn around then. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it was, it was even before Mark Brunel, so that's how long, how old it is. Um, Quarterback-wise, there was a few good options this week. Uh, Taylor Heineke versus Seattle. Jimmy Garoppolo against Minnesota. Tua Tagovailoa against Carolina. Ben Roethlisberger against Cincinnati. Hey, I've been practicing all day. Um, Tyrod Taylor, that's all I did today on my day off. Tyrod Taylor (laughs) against the Jets and uh, the Ginger Ninja. Ginger Ninja. I can't. I can say Tagovailoa, but I can't say Ginger Ninja. (laughs) Andy Dalton uh, against Detroit. So those are my recommended quarterback uh, waiver wire pickups if you need to replace uh, Patrick Mahomes or Kyler Murray or, or Colt McCoy this week. You're not going to play somebody, I'm thinking. Everybody's got somebody to replace. But uh, what, else, what else you got there? Anybody else you're excited about? Yeah. Is Mike uh, Yeah, tight ends. Uh, <laughs> no, he is owned in too many leagues to make uh, this waiver wire list. That's fair. But, uh, That's fair. Tyler Conklin is uh, still available on a lot of leagues, so he's, he's a good target. Uh, Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, Cole Komet, Austin Hooper, and... If you're really desperate, maybe Jawan Johnson now that Adam Troutman's out for the rest of the season. Good for Adam Troutman. That whole thing was bad, but, you know, there's there's some options out there. A lot of bad things happen in Philadelphia. Um, defenses, if you want to stream this week, uh, there are actually quite a few options in my estimation. I think they're going to be – it's going to be overall a lower-than-average scoring week, I think. And among the appealing options, I think, are Chicago, um, Detroit, playing each other, uh, Atlanta at Jacksonville, Jacksonville hosting Atlanta, Philadelphia um, at the Giants, Chargers at Denver, Washington versus Seattle, Houston against the Jets, and the Jets against Houston. So I've got uh, both sides of, I think, three games there, but uh, there are quite a few defenses if you need to stream this week. Yeah, I think I think there's a fair amount of close games this week. I mean, last week we felt like there was a fair amount of blowouts and, and high scoring. I think today this week might be a little more competitive, but I guess we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Um, any any other additions to any of those lists, or shall we just move on to our no, let's, um, let's keep rolling. Recommendation. I think you, you covered. There just unfortunately aren't a lot of options out there. No, if only the waiver wire segment were as long as the injury segment. If that ever happens, <laughs> we'll have to come up with a new title. We're going to be like a two-hour yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a, yeah, we'll be, you'll have to binge listen to our show each week. Got to give the people what okay. they want, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, how about running back wise? Who do you like this week? Really like Christian McCaffrey. Um, we know I don't love Cam Newton as a quarterback, but McCaffrey is still standing after two whole games, so I'm ready to get fired up about it. Uh, the matchup is, is pretty decent as well this week against the Dolphins. Jonathan Taylor, who is going to just score a 1,000 points. I had one team that he and Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback and, and running back single-handedly beat the whole other team. Everybody else was just bonus points, so that was really nice. I don't think you'll get quite that much out of him again this week, but it's nice to see that it could happen. Uh, number three, I've got Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, and then Najee Harris at five, Ezekiel Elliott, who 
Maybe he gets into his Salvation Army bucket this year. Maybe he doesn't. I wish we'd get points for that. Uh, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson, Joe Mixon, and Saquon Barkley checking in on the top ten for the first time in a long time. It sounded like at least 15, but I, I lost count after two, I think. But, um, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is surprisingly also at the top of my list. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I uh-huh. that makes you happy at number two on the list. Dalvin Cook, three. Joe Mixon, four. Austin Eckler, five. Aaron Jones, six if he plays, and A.J. Dillon if he's not. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, and Zach Moss rounding out my top ten list. And honorable mentions to Miles Gaskin, Damian Harrison, Ramondre Stevenson, Devonta Freeman, and David Johnson. Well, okay. okay. We have a good honorable mention list this week. Unfortunately, some of your names are also on my void list, <laughs> like Zach Moss. Uh, Jeff Wilson also checking in, Boston Scott, Sony Michelle, Darnus Johnson. He had a great, great run, but everybody else is healthy in front of him now. Jamal Williams, Jeremy McNichols, Tevin Coleman, uh, Kenyon Drake. I only went with nine, but really stay far away. Okay, and Nick Chubb at the top of my list, Saquon Barkley, who I believe is in your top ten. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Cordero Patterson. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Mark Ingram, Ernest Johnson, Dante Foreman, and Mike Davis rounding out my bottom ten, and uh, Tevin Coleman coming in with a dishonorable mention. Oh, not even not even on the full blown bottom ten. He's a dishonorable mention. Sorry, Tevin Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, wide receiver-wise, I'm a little bit more uh, optimistic. I've got Justin Jefferson at the top of my list, Devonta Adams, two, Michael Gallup, three, Stephon Diggs, four, DJ Moore, five, Mike Williams, six, Jacoby Myers, seven, Keenan Allen, eight, Cedric Wilson, nine, Robbie Anderson rounding out my top ten wide receivers for this week. Ooh, okay. Robbie Anderson checking it out. I like it. I like it. Uh, he is unfortunately on my avoid list, but we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> um, I've, got, I've got Cooper Cup at the top of my list, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson's at three on my list, Devo Samuel, who has, has finally figured it out, I guess, out there. I'm excited that he's, he's had a couple of good weeks back-to-back. Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, as long as he plays, I, I think the back will be okay. Uh, and A.J. Brown, again, as long as he plays, looks like he will, but if he doesn't, Obviously, it would be a bad idea to start him, but I think he'll be okay. Okay. Um, for guys that I'm looking to avoid this week, uh, DK Metcalf headlining that list. Elijah Moore, great game last week. Uh, I don't think that there'll be a repeat this week. Hunter Renfro, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Deshaun Jackson, Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, Russell Gage, and Jameson Crowder rounding out my uh, avoid list. And uh, at the time, we'll mention the Jarvis Landry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have some overlap here. Um, as I mentioned, Robbie Anderson is on my avoid list. So is LaVisca Chenault. Allen Robinson, II. If he does play, just stay away. Kenny Galladay, same thing. Jamison Crowder, Van Jefferson, Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, Sterling Shepard, and Jarvis Landry. So pretty much I don't want to start any of the Giants wide receivers is really what where we're at on things. <laughs> I'm curious, with Van Jefferson, do you think that 
that um, the Rams aren't going to do too well this week or aren't going to score too much, or do you just think he's too far down in the pecking order? I think he's to be a, a little too far down on the totem pole, and I, I think that maybe the run game is going to carry him a little more. I think Matt Stafford needs to get his, his feet under him a little more. But it's more, I think, a product of not having as many chances. Yeah. yeah. So, well, maybe like if the Green Bay defense but... sacks him a few times, he'll have his feet over him instead of under him. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's not out of the question. <laughs> okay. Uh, quarterbacks, who do you like this week? Well, uh, I think we can we can all say that we probably know who's on my avoid list, but there are uh, Lamar Jackson's at the top of my list of guys I like this week. Jalen Hurts is all the way up at number two. Um, I don't I don't love that, but just the statistics say that's what needs to happen. Josh Allen's at three, Tom Brady at four, Dak Prescott at five, Aaron Rodgers and his fractured non-COVID toe. Uh, Matthew Stafford said I think he bounces back. Um, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, and I'm I'm gonna sneak gonna sneak Mac Jones in there. Okay, um, my list has uh, Dak Prescott at the top of it, Josh Allen two, Cam Newton three, Mac Jones four, Justin Herbert five, Aaron Rodgers six, Kirk Cousins seven, Lamar Jackson eight, Jimmy Garoppolo nine, and Taylor Heineke uh, ten. Okay, I like that Taylor Heineke is in there. I'm very excited about that. Um, my list has some of the usual suspects here. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungavailoa, Big Ben, Zach Wilson, uh, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Jared Goff et al., whoever's going to play for the Lions. I don't want to start them. Tyrod Taylor and Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Um, Derek Carr at the top of my avoid list for this week. Trevor Semyon, Matt Ryan, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill. Agree with you on Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz rounding out my avoid list for this week. Oh, Carson Wentz checking in list. Okay. All right. Might be a little different. We shall see. <laughs> Might still not be sleeping, so that is a factor. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, You could be a sleeper pick. Um, Ah, there you go. Mark Andrews, top of my list. Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Conklin, CJ Ozama, Dallas Guttert, Pat Firemuth, Rob Gronkowski, and Jared Cook rounding out my top ten for this week. Okay, we've got some overlap here. Uh, I've got Darren Waller at the top of my list, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's the same names in a different order every week. Mike Gusecki all the way up at five this week. I am I'm cautiously, or maybe not cautiously, I'm optimistic about what is going to happen for him this week. Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, Pat Fryermoose, Dallas Goddard, and Rob Gronkowski running out the top ten. My uh, tight end to avoid list has Kyle Pitts at the top of it, Darren Waller, who I believe is on your top ten list, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, Jeff Swain, Noah Font, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Jack Doyle, and Mo Alley-Cox. So, yes, I don't like Cleveland or Indianapolis much this week. 
No, you are not into it. Uh, we do have a fair amount of overlap. I've got Hunter Henry on my avoid list, uh, as well as John U. Smith, the, the tandem. Dan Arnold, Tyler Conklin, Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Gerald Everett, David Njoku, and C.J. Uzoma. I pondered a lot of my recommended list. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that were also on your avoid list. (laughs) How about um, defenses? Who do you like this week? Uh, I have some names on here that surprised me. I've got the Patriots that's on the list, uh, the Bears, Texans, Panthers, the Ravens, the Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Falcons, and Jaguars. I, I see some low scoring games this week, more so than they have like dominant yeah. defenses. Yeah, the I do have some unusual names on mine as well. Uh, Dallas at the it top. Was weird, it was a weird. It was a weird week. <laughs> Baltimore, the Chargers, Jacksonville, and Houston. I don't know what they're doing on the list, but there they are. Philadelphia, right. New England, Washington, and Atlanta, which one will probably not make too many of these lists for me this season. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, the, the Texans really blitz well, and that's, like, all they're doing. So, I mean, maybe maybe it'll be something. Um, I have the quarterback who's in close proximity to uh, a bunch of uh, people with COVID or close contacts. That might be also, I don't understand how only one quarterback is a close contact. How are not all of them close contacts? You're sitting in the same room together all week. I don't understand how that works. Doesn't make sense. No. But I digress. Uh, in it's addition to me not liking the understand, my understanding of the COVID protocols, I also don't like 10 defenses this week. <laughs> uh, the Bengals and Buccaneers both on the list. The Seahawks, the Steelers, the Titans, uh, Jets, Chargers, the Eagles, the WTF, a.k.a. the Washington football team, and the Raiders. I've got the Raiders at the top of my avoid list, uh, New Orleans, yeah. the Rams, San Francisco, Miami, Tennessee, Denver, Minnesota, uh, Cleveland, and Indianapolis. Yeah, it makes me, it makes me nervous to pick the Cowboys offense to do big things, but that's just that's just my default setting as a Cowboys fan. So <laughs> we'll talk about that game in a minute. <laughs> okay. Shall we move on to some game picks? Yeah, yeah, we've got three Thursday games this week for Thanksgiving, and I am thankful for that. <laughs> yes, um, the games might not be especially close, but uh, they should be. Actually, I think the first game closest of the day because they're two pretty awful teams that don't figure to score a lot of points. I'm actually going to uh, go out on a limb a little bit. Detroit's had several close calls with uh, several brushes with victory this season hasn't quite uh, managed to close the deal, but I'm thinking that they're actually going to do it, even against Chicago's defense tomorrow, whether it's Jared Goff or George Plimpton or whoever they conjure up to play quarterback for the Lions. I'm thinking uh, (laughs) they're going to have a big game. DeAndre Swift uh, will continue his magic, and I'll go with Detroit to win this by a field goal. This is their Super Bowl. I'm saying Lions 27, Bears 24. I also am picking the Lions. Maybe maybe that's really where Blue the Cat is, is he's going to actually be the Lions quarterback this week. He's he's already ready. Um, 
I, I just think that the Lions are going to get one eventually. And I think that a, a short week, Chicago dealing with some injuries, not having half their wide receivers, I think it might just be the perfect storm of enough stuff going wrong for someone else that even when the Lions try to actually lose the game, they won't be able to. So I'm also picking them to win by a field goal, 20-17. to 17. Well, as a Giants fan, I'm obviously rooting for the Lions yes. because you know, the Bears, the Giants could very well end up with two top five picks to the Lions. The Giants and the Eagles. Statistically, it's possible. No, I don't think the Eagles, the Eagles are probably not going to well, finish. They, their, their own yeah, they've won too many games at this point. Line. Yeah, yeah, you're they, right. Even you're one right. more game from the Giants, so they they're almost a lock not to be in the top, in the top five in the picks at this point. But, uh, yeah. Never know. Indianapolis, NFC Leafs can strike at any time. <laughs> it's true, but I think even if, even if Indianapolis' season fell apart at this point, they're not likely to wind up with a top five pick. This is true. This but, is true. We'll see. So um, onward and upward, the uh, uh, the marquee game of the day, at least from your perspective, will be uh, Dallas hosting the Raiders. Um, I guess this happened eight years ago, and I believe the Cowboys won that, and I think they're going to repeat that uh, outcome this time. I don't think the game will be pretty particularly close. I'll go with uh, Dallas to bounce back in a big way from their uh, defeat um, at Kansas City last week. I'll say Dallas 34 and Las Vegas 14. I've got the Cowboys winning 28-23, so a little little higher scoring. I think this will be a good game. It's going to take forever because both of them get so many penalties. Um, I'm interested to see how the Cowboys do for a whole game without both CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Uh, it would be nice to see, you know, maybe Cedric Wilson hang on to more than half the footballs he's thrown. Uh, I'm not at all still bitter about that. But I think this will be uh, – Probably the second best game of the day, but it'll it'll be it'll be solid. I hope that the Cowboys again win. Obviously, a little bias there, but I think they've got a, a pretty good shot. It's interesting. I I could be wrong about this. There's a first time for everything, but I seem to recall that in past years, oftentimes at least the Lions and the Cowboys, that the NFL tried to give them a home game on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, as well as the Thanksgiving yeah, I game, th- but I think you're right. This year, for whatever reason, all three of the teams that are hosting Thanksgiving games played road games last Sunday. And so you know, Detroit was weird. Um, at Cleveland, I think, and Dallas is obviously at Kansas City, and New Orleans is at Philadelphia. So I'm not sure if um, they've just thrown that uh, unwritten rule out the window or what's going on there, but uh, just curious. I would really so love anyway, to just like of, ask the schedule maker a few questions. Well, I'm looking for. Yeah, we could have them on the show. That would, I don't know if that would be our most interesting show, but it would certainly uh, <laughs> We have a lot of grievances questions. there. <laughs> yeah. What were you thinking, part seven? <laughs> what were you thinking, part 15? All right. Um, yeah, I, I still the Giants having to play with two Monday night road games in three weeks against last year's uh, two Super Bowl teams that uh, sticks in my closet. Yeah, I don't know I who they pissed off, The objective is to be in the top five of the draft, and that certainly helped their case. Yeah. 
Okay. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> off to getting off my soap dish now. Um, Buffalo <laughs> at New Orleans for the evening game. And New Orleans, I just – too much of a, a mess at quarterback right now for me to feel good about them. Maybe if I knew that, um, you know, that they were just going to um, start and stick with uh, Taysom Hill, then I could get more excited about them. But you know, no Alvin Kamara, no Taysom. You know, Taysom Hill probably not starting. And Buffalo yeah. you know, just having a lot to prove after laying an edge against Indianapolis at home last week. I'll go with uh, Buffalo to rebound nicely in this one and win it by a couple touchdowns. I'll say Buffalo 31-17. I've got Buffalo winning 31-24. I just, I just think that the Saints defense will keep them more relevant. Uh, they they are better than they they looked last week, but uh, I think it'll keep them around. It's certainly not going to be enough to win against Buffalo, even at home. I think the, this Bills team has had enough scares now. They've kind of got this thing figured out. Nobody's been on the Manning cast, so they should be okay. So got Buffalo winning uh, by uh, by a touchdown, 31-24. Is Condoleezza Rice playing for anyone this weekend or not? Well, if she is, they're taking an L. Although, I guess they did they did post that Draymond Green did win his next game, so maybe the curse does not extend outside of the NFL, but it is notable that the last two weeks there have been no active players on the show. Yeah. It's coming, oh, sorry, we're busy. What are you doing on a Monday night? Yeah, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't make Watching it. Watching game film. <laughs> <laughs> watching Roger Staubach game film from 50 years no big ago. deal no big deal I will say I did really yeah. enjoy Phil Mickelson I was shocked at how in-depth his questions were sorry who was <laughs> that that you Phil Mickelson was very good last, the week before oh, last Phil Mickelson okay yeah 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 I really liked um, him he was asking a lot of in-depth questions neat um, next yeah. up we've got uh, Carolina at Miami and this one could go either way with, but I think that Cam Newton will get more comfortable as he's there. I mean, he had a pretty decent game against Washington in you know, the revenge game last week against Ron Rivera, but close but no cigar. This week, though, I think that Miami's not as good as Washington, and I think that offsets the fact that they're playing at home. I'll go with a final score here at Carolina 30, Miami 27. It's going to surprise you that I'm going to pick the other way here. <laughs> I'm going to take the Dolphins at home. Um, mostly, I, I'm not sure I feel like Cam Newton's going to take a step forward. I'm, I really I, I don't think this is the answer. Uh, I really think P.J. Locks would be better suited here. But no one asked me, unfortunately. So Cam Newton is going to be your starter in Carolina. But I'm going to take Miami to win in a very close one, 21-20. I think they're pretty evenly matched. Yeah, I just I think in Carolina, it's the defense is the bigger concern for me than Cam Newton, but we'll see. Uh, next up, yeah. another game between two um, fairly downtrodden teams that are jockeying with the Giants for a top five draft pick and that would be Jacksonville hosting Atlanta. Blue the cap only known as Kitten is all over this <laughs> game. Uh, I'm picking the one blue cap team, Detroit, to win tomorrow, and I'm going to pick the other blue cap team that's playing Sunday, Jacksonville, to win this one at home. I'll say uh, Jacksonville by a field goal, 24-21. I, 
I'm also going to take Jacksonville to win, but by a larger margin, I'm going to have him win 24-17. Obviously, I'm going to continue my two-year-long streak of picking against the Falcons. Um, Jacksonville not looking a whole lot better, but they are, I, I feel like, a little more functional on offense. If Cordell Patterson plays, that might change things up a little bit. But I think Jacksonville will do just enough to win this game 24-17. Blue was asking me this week what the chances of a, a Lions-Jaguars Super Bowl in his lifetime were, and my two-word response to him was not good. <laughs> I'm sure he had some feelings about that. <laughs> Blue's not one to really camp down him. what he's feeling. <laughs> No, my, my days as a hand model are over, unfortunately. It's but, over. Uh, it's over. We're going to put that on the back burner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll have to find something else to do. Uh, next up, Jets uh, <laughs> at Houston, two more teams contending for top five draft picks uh, this next season. Um, again, could go either way on this, but since Houston actually won a road game last week, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and they don't have a quarterback room that's uh, – been overrun by COVID. So, Zach Wilson, you know, welcome back, but not impressed. I'll go with uh, Houston at home, 27-21. I, I've got a little little lower scoring game, but I'm also taking Houston to win this, 23-17. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how healthy Zach Wilson's knee is. Last week, we were still waiting to see, and now everybody's got the COVID, so he's back back in action. Not having Michael Carter, I think, is going to change the dynamic a little bit. Um, but Houston, like I said, their defense, I think, is going to be the difference here. Not that they're an overwhelming defense, just a lot of blitz, a lot of movement really against a rookie quarterback. Like you said, it just has a recipe of it might be enough to get them to win. I have them winning 23-17. I think for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I remember that Mark Sanchez's first game back in 2008-2009, whenever that was, was for the Jets at Houston, back when Houston had a pretty decent team, and surprisingly the Jets won that. But anyway, that You would be no correct. That was uh, 2009. Played 124-7 against the Texans. Okay. Only threw that one interception, the... so that really was the high mark. <laughs> that was probably the high point of his career. Well, I shouldn't say that. They made it to the, I think, the AFC Championship game. His uh, rookie year is Rex Ryan was reminding everyone the other day. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next up, we've got uh, Philadelphia at the Giants. And it's hard for me to root against the Giants, to pick against them, sure, but, you know, for the purposes of you know, their season, the defenses actually look pretty decent, but you know their offense just keeps putting them in miserable situations. And when Andrew Thomas has more touchdown receptions on the year than Kenny Galladay and um, not good, you know, not good. Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, your first round draft pick combined, like that's not a, a recipe for success. So anyway, um, Philadelphia, they've found the run game. I'm not sure how. Effective, that'll be against the Giants, but you know, the Giants will find some way to screw this up. Um, I'm going with Philadelphia, even on the road uh, by field goal. So Philadelphia 24, Giants 21. 
Also worth noting, the Giants did fire Jason Garrett this week on Tuesday after the abysmal showing on Monday night. Window um, you can't you can't look like that in primetime two weeks in a row and still have a job. Um, so Jason Garrett and his his mediocrity have exited stage left. Maybe the offense will start to look different. Unfortunately, everybody's still hurt, and the offensive line still kind of looks like turnstiles. So I think that is more the problem than Jason Garrett was. Um, but I'm going to take the Eagles to win 28-20. At some point, they're going to have to figure out that Jalen Hurts is not your quarterback and running back, that someone else needs to do the running back part of the job. But they seem to just be riding this train as long as they can. seems to work for the Ravens, or at least it did until this season, but I'm not sure how much of that has to do with Well, Lamar Jackson might have the worst Lamar Jackson to do in history. Yeah, I think it has more to do with that than it does with that they're asking him to do too much, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, get, the, get the man Cincinnati some meat Also, apparently the Ravens are the only organization that actually keeps a team doctor in the facility all the time. He has an office in the building. So, like, maybe somebody could keep an eye on them. Just get a little more some orange juice. I don't know. They should be able to figure this out. Yeah, I, I don't think even Linus Pauling could save the Ravens from, you know, from themselves. But uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, it's, I mean, we always laugh about the Browns not being very good, and yet they're in last place in that division with a 6-5 and five record, which tells you sort of how so strong that or how good that division has been top to bottom, although you don't really think of those necessarily as being, you know, great no. teams. They seem like teams that play one well one week and not so well the next week. And, you know, I think um, Cincinnati, nice rebound off the bye week last week. I think Pittsburgh, you know, nice comeback against the Chargers, but they gave it away at the end there, um, missing their secondary. And I think Cincinnati's going to be able to exploit that too. I'll go with them to win a close game by a field goal. Cincinnati 27, Pittsburgh 24. I've got Cincinnati winning 23-17, so a little a little larger margin of victory. But the Steelers are, like you said, still finding ways to lose games. Um, they're not getting healthier, but somehow they seem to think that they're they're a real contender. And I mean, standings-wise, they are. It just doesn't make any sense. The Bengals need to get back on the winning track, stop losing to bad teams. And this is a very good week to start doing that. Um, so I think they'll do just enough when a close one twenty through seventeen. All right, next up, uh, Tampa Bay on the road at Indianapolis. Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor you know, hitting on all cylinders. He's been so you know, good. Nails the last couple games, but and my first inclination was to pick Indianapolis. They're at home, and you know, he's obviously the hottest back in the NFL right now. Then I looked at you know, just what Tampa Bay has done to opposing running backs. This, uh, they have a very good run I think they're only giving up an average of 75 yards a week. And part of that could be that, you know, they're ahead most of the time. So, you know, other teams Seems probably don't, run. aren't able to run out the clock. But I, I just think they're going to be able to contain Jonathan Taylor and do just enough. I think Tom Brady will have his usual, you know, good but not great game. And that'll be just enough. I'll still with Tampa Bay 27, Indianapolis 24. This is not the, like, 
you know, the the classic Tom Brady against the Colts game, you know, that we had so many times in New England. Um, I, I think, like you said, your first inclination was to pick Indianapolis. My first and last inclination was to pick Indianapolis. So I'm going to take them in a mini upset here to win 28-24, even against, as you pointed out, one of the top-run defenses in the league, and they absolutely are. Um, Carson Wentz maybe isn't the guy you want winning a game for you, but I think he has the potential that if he needs to throw the ball, he can. Jonathan Taylor's still going to catch a touchdown or two out of the backfield. I don't think he's putting up five, but I think he's still good for one or two this week, and I think Indy will steal one here 28-24. Right. Uh, speaking of Tom Brady and his former team, uh, New England, they're hosting Tennessee. Tennessee, just really their offense has, not, has been a shell of its former self ever since they lost Derrick Henry. Patriots uh, being carried by their defense. Mac Jones looking a little bit better. Um, and I think those two things combined this week to give New England a pretty comfortable victory. Also New England 30, Tennessee 21. I I like a lot of what Mac Jones and New England is doing. I think Tennessee is just the more experienced. Obviously, we have the the whole coaching revenge thing. We harp on this every year, and there's always some kind of hijinks. But I think Tennessee's going to win 24-21, and I think it's going to be Ryan Tannehill who's the difference this week. Mac Jones, he's very good, but I don't think he can win this all on his own against a, a decent Tennessee defense. But they're going to go on the road, and they're going to – Maybe not going to see him win, but they'll sneak one out 24-21. Well, we know what Matt Juden will not be eating after the game. No mac and cheese for him. It's We're saving it for everybody else, people with good taste. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we know also know that Matt Jones show. doesn't like pies. But, uh, <laughs> the He's also a baby model, so good night. for him. Yeah. He's... Um, if they have another quarterback <laughs> for the next 20 years, I'll be upset, but um, I won't be the only one, I'm sure. Um, Chargers <laughs> will not be on the road one. at Denver. We'll see if they're really over the schneid and have figured out how to win games they actually should win. This, to me, seems like a game that they should win. Uh, Denver just hasn't really been able to muster up a lot of offense this season except for the game where they played the Cowboys. I'll go with yeah. um, the Chargers to win this one pretty easily. I'll say uh, Chargers 30, Denver 20. It's, for some reason, both the LA teams are on the road this week, but we have as it may. It's weird. Um, I agree this is one the Chargers should win. Denver, despite the defense getting a little healthier, um, I, for whatever reason, their wide receivers and Teddy Bridgewater just don't seem to really gel. Like, Terry Judy's your number one wide receiver, but he's really like a flex option on a lot of teams. But um, I think the Chargers do come in. They do get a, a win when they should. They're going to win 30-26. to 26. I think this will be a good game. I think all, all three of these, after, as I like to call them, afternoon games will be uh, pretty close, good ones. So hopefully that will uh, all hold true. <laughs> With only three games, they need to be good. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on the next two. Um, Rams at Green Bay, Matthew Stafford against Aaron Rodgers. They used to play each other twice a season. Now, of course, with Matthew Stafford yeah. out of the division, they only play each other at most uh, once a season unless they play in the playoffs for a second time. But anyway, um, 
Mr. COVID toes, I think, uh, obviously, that you know, didn't hold him back too much last week, you know, throwing for 385 yards, although he did get a good chunk of them on one play. But still, true. if you're throwing for that much, uh, you're obviously doing something right. And I think that uh, much as I'm you know, maybe not a fan of his uh, COVID actions or lack thereof, I, I think that uh, Green Bay will um, be able to win this at home. And I'll go with... Uh, Defense doing just enough to hold off the Rams. I think final score 31 27. And the Rams have had two lousy showings in a row, and I know they had the bye week, but uh, we'll see if they're uh, um, able to do anything more. I, I say Green Bay wins this. I've got the same score, but I've got the winner actually different. Now, I know this doesn't happen a lot where you're picking Green Bay and I'm not, but. Uh, I've got the Rams winning 31-27. I think Matt Stafford comes into Green Bay somewhere he's familiar playing. I think that, you know, a little time off was good for him, kind of recalibrate, maybe, you know, get it together a little bit. Um, But I think that the Rams are going to come in. They're going to play against what has, at least for the last few weeks, been a good defense. And they're going to show everyone they are still for real and we can, you know, put them back in the conversation of, of a playoff real contender here. So I think Matt Stafford's gonna gonna make a rain touchdown pass at thirty one twenty seven. Well the burning question everyone wants to know is whether his wife is gonna throw anything at the Packers fan. My money is on yes. She's been a bit of a hothead even in Detroit. But you know, we probably should should take spouses and family off social media when it comes to the games. Patrick Mahomes family isn't doing him any favors either. <laughs> no. Actually, a lot of that out there. families aren't doing their uh, loved ones. Yeah. You know, they're, they're players. Well, looking at you, uh, Odell Beckham, senior. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange. So, anyway, um, continuing on um, Minnesota at San Francisco. Um, Minnesota won on the road in California a couple weeks ago. Backed that up with a nice win at home against the Packers last week. Do I think they're Playoff material, not sure. Definitely not Super Bowl material, but Kirk Cousins having a, a pretty decent season, a little bit under the radar, but I think they'll do just enough to win this in a fairly high-scoring game. I'll go with uh, Minnesota 31, San Francisco 28. We have a very similar score. that Minnesota winning 30-28, to 28. so we're right on the same line there. Uh, as I said last week, the only thing I'm sure of in the NFL is that the Vikings will play to the exact level of whoever they're playing, and they're going to do that again this week. They're going to play neck and neck with the 49ers. I think that, I mean, I, I don't want to say Kirk Cousins is going to be a different maker. I think it's probably more Dalvin Cook, but Minnesota is going to do just enough. It might be a late field goal, but they're going to win 30-28. Sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just not just not your time. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo ever got traded to Atlanta for you, that would be the perfect storm. Oh, just get rid of everybody. Just blow it up. <laughs> okay. Make Cam Newton the backup um, while you're at it. Just, just throw them all down. <laughs> stranger things have happened. Not many, but uh, certainly. Yeah. Um, Cleveland at Baltimore. This is Sunday night game. Uh, too bad they couldn't flex this one out of Sunday night because – I don't think this is going to be much of a contest, uh, even though both of these teams have been sputtering lately. I think Baltimore should win this pretty easily. I'll go with uh, the Lamar Jackson's 28 and the Baker Mayfield's 17. And maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be the Case Keenum's. It could be the Case Keenum's. 
I think Baker Mayfield's crazy enough to just keep going out there. I give me more respect for him, but I think he's actually losing himself money with the contract as this goes. But I'm I'm going to take Baltimore to win this in a closer one, but not necessarily a close game. I have Baltimore winning 33-27. I'd like to see maybe Lamar Jackson get some B12 in him and play a little more effectively, but Cleveland is banged up. The wide receivers are, are all hurt, which is a problem, especially against a very good Baltimore defense. And I think Baker Mayfield's got one or two picks in him. Probably one of them's a pick six, and there you go. There's your difference maker. Baltimore wins by uh, by six points. So I think it's going to be more competitive at least. All right. And then the Monday night game, Seattle at Washington. Um, if you had told me, before the season started that one of these teams would be three and seven after 11 weeks, I would have said, yeah, sure. I agree with that, but I probably would have picked Washington rather than Seattle to be that team. Yeah, but I think everybody would have. That's not the case. Uh, Seattle really struggling and you know, I've seen enough from Washington the last couple of weeks to think that maybe they're better than I thought, even without Chase Young. So um, I'll go with Washington to win the Monday night game at home in the close one. I'll say Washington 27, Seattle 21. Still taking Washington to win this. I'm just going to keep riding this year. Um, so for the third week in a row, I'm going to pick the WTF to win a football game. It feels weird, but it's working. I've got them winning 28-23. It'll be closer. Russell Russell Wilson's getting healthier. He's getting a better feel for the football. But problem is the team's still just not that good. Um Washington's defense, even without Chase Young, is more formidable, I think, right now. And Taylor Heineke will do anything. He puts the team on his back every week. And I just, I, I, I've become a real Taylor Heineke fan this season. And I, I'm into it. I think it'll be, it'll be a good matchup. But I think Washington will have, have the uh, control of it the whole way. All right, we're a little bit over time, but do you still want to do some uh, thankful for yeah. turkeys, or do you want to do DFS yeah. first, or what do you want to do? No, let's do turkey. Let's do let's do who we're thankful for in the turkeys. That's the, that's what the people are looking for. Uh, as we do, like I said, if this is your first season with us, again, where have you been? But every year, uh, Sherpa and I like to look at some things and players in the league that we are thankful for. It could be somebody in the fantasy team, could just be something that happened, and then of course, players or things that are turkeys from the season. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I guess we did not perform, things that happened. Um, it's usually always an interesting list. Where would you like to start? You want to start with turkeys or you want to start with thankful this year? <laughs> why don't we why don't we just do um it by position maybe and do a thankful for and a turkey at each position. Where do you want to start? Get crazy and go running uh, back? Why don't we start with running backs? Since, uh, that's where we usually start when we do the positions each week. Uh, who are you thankful for? I am very, very thankful for Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think a lot of people are. If you listen to the show at the beginning of the season, we did tell you this was coming. I hope you listened. But having him on my fantasy team has been very fruitful. It's been very good to me. Uh, Turkey, on the other hand, I would go with on Barkley. For where we drafted him, what we've gotten out of him, the COVID's not his fault. I get that. The ankle injury, you can't predict an injury, but thinking he was finally healthy and finally coming back and then having missed half the season is really a bummer. What about you? Who are you liking? Who are you 
turkey and um, at running back. Quick, quick, Jonathan and Taylor story. I play in one dynasty league where I don't want to admit this, but I actually had the worst record in the league a couple seasons ago, <laughs> and by virtue of that, I had the first pick in the draft. And so the guy with the second pick in the draft really wanted the first pick, and I was kind of indifferent between Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Jonathan Taylor. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, why don't I do this? So I traded him the, se- the second pick. I traded him the first pick for the second pick and another player who I'll get to in a second. He picked Clyde Edwards, Hilaire with the first pick. I picked Jonathan Taylor with the second pick, and I also got Mike Williams in the deal. So I essentially got Jonathan oh. Taylor and Mike Williams for Clyde Edwards. Hilaire. That's worked out pretty well for me. Wow. Yes, it has. It definitely has. Yeah. There were a few other minor parts in the trade, but that was essentially the trade. It's probably the one trade. I, I don't gloat about trades because I certainly make probably more bad ones and good ones, but that was one that uh, – and you like it when it works out well for both teams, too. You don't want to yeah. gloat at someone else's misfortune and maybe say – and maybe fight Edward Tolero will still turn out to be a, you know, a top-tier running back. But uh, so far that trade has definitely been uh, pretty one-sided in my favor. Um, which oh, yeah. explains yeah. why I'm probably not going to be drafting at the bottom of the, you know, at the top of the draft this coming season in that league. But uh, I digress. So anyway, um, to answer your original <laughs> question, running back that I'm grateful for in the turkey, I'll agree with you on the turkey, Saquon Barkley, relative to where he was drafted and all, you know, definite uh, disappointment. And the guy I'm thankful for is James Conner. You know, I took a flyer on him in several leagues mm-hmm. and, you know, at that point, I think Chase Edmonds was pretty clearly the option one there or option A for, you know, the Cardinals. And James Conner was at best going to be in a timeshare. But um, he certainly stepped up big time, even with the touchdowns before Chase Edmonds was hurt. And now that he's been the only game in town there for the past few weeks, uh, he's really helping out uh, a lot of fantasy teams, including several of mine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he just I mean, seems like a good guy to root for too, with the cancer survivor and the whole thing. Also true. I just didn't know he still had this left in him. I'm very happy about it because, like, like you said, you want him to succeed, and he was he was very dynamic. But it just seemed like maybe it just wasn't the right fit anymore. And he found life again in Arizona. I'm I'm excited about it. Okay, um, wide receivers. I uh, mean, one that you're. Uh, Grateful for one, thankful for, and one not so, and one turkey. Um, I think thankful for Cooper Cup for sure. Uh, I from, you know, maybe you thought Bobby Trees was going to be the guy in that offense. It was hard to tell in the off season, obviously bringing in new quarterbacks, but Cooper Cup has just gone above and beyond, which has been fantastic. Uh, I'd throw Cordero Patterson in there and Jamar Chase, who started as turkey but also became. Something we're thankful for as the season went on. He was a I think just, turkey. He was definitely a preseason turkey. So it was nice to see a turkey redemption as the season went on. Uh, but my actual turkey on my list is going to be Jacoby Myers. Drafted him thinking we're going to get a lot of a lot of looks here. He looks really good in preseason, and then it takes him ten weeks to get a touchdown and coming out putting three burgers up there. It just I wanted more out of Jacoby Myers than than we're getting. So he is my turkey. Okay. I'm going to 
pick on the player I was just talking about, Mike Williams, who's been yeah. one that I'm thankful for on a couple of teams. Um, you know, always you thought he'd be good, but uh, always thought he would be sort of the supporting actor to Keenan Allen, and that seems to have changed this season, and for that I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turkey, I'm going to stick with my uh, Giants and pick Kenny Galladay as my wide receiver. Turkey for yeah. a guy that uh, they paid as much as they did to bring him in, but money seems like it could have probably been better spent on an offensive lineman or three. But anyway, there you have yeah. it. There you have it. Um, let's let's look at quarterback. Who are you? Who are you thankful for? Who's a turkey on your team this um, year? Thankful. It's hard for me to do this because I was really annoyed with him when I found out that he wasn't <laughs> vaccinated. But uh, Kirk Cousins has definitely uh, helped a couple of my fantasy teams this year. I did um, draft him in spite of my uh, you know, different viewpoints on uh, vaccinations from him. And uh, Turkey really? would be Lamar Jackson. Again, I realize some health issues beyond his control, but even when he's played, he just doesn't seem like he's the Lamar Jackson in years past. I mean, I suppose you could even say Patrick Mahomes has been a pretty big uh, disappointment, albeit maybe not a turkey, but um, there you have it. Those are my picks. Yeah, for me, um, I think I'm I'm thankful for Mac Jones and Taylor Heineke. Mac Jones exceeding expectations. I mean, he he's figured out how to play in that offense, and Definitely, I think, doing more than we expected him to. And Taylor Heineke, who wasn't the starter to start the season, I mean, he helped finish as strong as he could last season running into the Buccaneers. What are you going to do? But Taylor Heineke has come in um, from being Fitzmagic's backup, come in and, like, put this team on his back. You can tell he's leaving his, like, heart and soul on the field every day. He's He's out there trying to squeeze every last bit out of every play. And I think he's better than I he's exceeded what I thought his ceiling was going to be so those are the two I'd put on my thankful list um turkeys I'd go with Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff I mean Patrick Mahomes is turning the ball over left and right he looks a little lost out there uh they rebuilt the offensive line that was supposed to help some of this stuff and it's clearly gone the wrong direction so for where you drafted him and the points you're getting out of him, definitely a turkey. And Jared Goff, I thought maybe the change of scenery in Detroit, I didn't think they were going to go to the playoffs, but I thought a change of scenery would be good for him, that, you know, Dan Campbell's kind of nuts, it might work out. He had a couple of, of decent receivers, and it just is not working. Uh, it maybe wasn't just the relationship that was the issue with Jared Goff. Maybe it's it's something internally, I don't know, but Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff would be my turkeys. Right. And then finally, at tight end, I would say the guy I'm thankful for is Zach Ertz, uh, the trade to Arizona, who's brought new life yeah. to a guy who many people had just given up on while he was still with the um, Eagles and sharing time with uh, Dallas Goddard. And uh, for Turkey, I'm going to say uh, Darren Waller. I suppose you could nominate uh, George Kittle, too, but I'll give him somewhat of a pass on the injuries, although that seems to be a perennial thing for him now, but uh, Darren Waller mm-hmm. hasn't really had the injury excuse for most of the season. He just hasn't been very good, and that's in spite of Derek Carr uh, throwing the ball a lot and throwing it pretty well, especially uh, early in the season before uh, Henry Ruggs screwed up. Yeah. Um, I 
I mean, I agree. I also had Darren Miller as my turkey. Just, again, where you drafted him, he was the first tight end off a lot of boards. Um, guys were taking him ridiculously early in some of the drafts I was in. And like you said, Derek Carr is throwing a lot, and he's throwing better. He's not making as many bad decisions. There are less interceptions. You know, and that offense has had a lot of turmoil, and he's kind of been the calming force. But Darren Waller should have, especially with injuries they've had. I mean, Josh Jacobs has gone for a couple of weeks, and obviously Henry Ruggs isn't there anymore. But I would have thought that he would have played a bigger part, and that just has not happened. Um, so value-wise, he would be the turkey for me. Uh, who I'm thankful for is Mike Gusecki. Yes, Mike Gusecki all the way. Yes, he had one week where he had zero points. He didn't catch anything, maybe a cold, but – that's about it. But, I mean, let's also not forget that he had 10-plus catches and 100 yards in a game. And being on an offense that is not putting up a ton of points with quarterbacks that are not very good um, between, you know, Tua maybe not knowing the playbook all that well, Mike Gusecki is still, especially for where you probably drafted him or picked him up on a waiver wire early on, uh, the points you've gotten out of him would make me thankful for Mike Gusecki this year. So I think we've got we've Sounds got some good. Uh, some good things to be thankful for. Is there anyone else? Anything else you'd like to add to either thankful or turkey list? Well, I'm thankful for doing this show for 12 years with you and for you putting up with me and my ineptitude and uh, <laughs> lack of preparation. You keep putting up with me picking the jaguars inexplicably over and over. <laughs> We're also thankful. I figure at this point yeah. it's a feature rather than a bug. True. <laughs> it's one of those extra bonus features you get here. But um, we're all thankful, obviously, for all of you guys for sticking with us for so long and the new people who show up. Keep coming back. Keep telling everybody about it. I would also add to my turkey list pretty much every kicker this season. It's just been a mess. Uh, calf injuries as a whole. We don't discuss them on the shows anymore. This is true. And uh, Mike McCarthy's clock management also on my turkey list. Still, still working my way through that, the five stages of grief. But uh, before we let you guys go, uh, a couple of daily fantasy picks for you this week. As a reminder, we give you value picks. You know who to start. This is going to give you the money to do that. Um, at quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, and Mac Jones, all great values. Running back, Miles Sanders, who becomes a little more appealing with the Jordan Howard injury, Melvin Gordon, III, and Darnell Henderson Jr., who I think is poised for a big day. At wide receiver, Jerry Judy, Brandon Cooks, uh, DJ Moore, Jalen Waddell, Brandon Ayuk, who came alive a little bit last week. At tight end, Noah Font, Evan Ingram, and Dallas Goddard. Defenses, uh, the Panthers and the Bengals, both good value, both good points this week. Like I said, a lot of low-scoring games. And if you're looking for stacks, that'll help help you a little bit. We've got the Eagles, Panthers, and Chicago would all be more value stacks. And, of course, the Cowboys have a nice Thanksgiving Day matchups. If you're looking to spend a little more, you got that option too. Uh, we'll be back with you next Wednesday night, as we are every week from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You can follow us all over social media. If you missed an episode or you need some company on your commute, find us anywhere you download your favorite podcast. And good luck this week, unless, of course, you're playing us. Happy Thanksgiving.